Farms in. Hello, I'm Montana. And I'm Samantha. And this is your bonus episode. Ow. On Reaper Tales. We're gonna play Fay Farms after this, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) We've been recording all day. I haven't been able to play Fay Farms. I haven't played it in two days because I've been so busy. I played it last night. Uh, Did not get any in. So I know. Oh, so oh, that's right. We're recording. Anyway. Yeah, it's a bonus episode. Um, this is not as, you know, um, formal. professional and, and uh, <laughs> organized as normal. Uh, nothing's ever professional about this podcast. Oh, there's a lot of sarcasm in that statement. Uh, what are we drinking, Samantha? Oh, wait, our, our topic is ghost trains. Um, and what are we drinking? And what are we well, drinking? Unfortunately, I'm the only one that can drink this because we weren't able to appropriately prepare and me ship something to Montana. But I have a brewery in local Birmingham that's called Ghost Train. And so I've got their light lager, which I my lovely husband got for me yesterday. Um, I will say their best is the Kaleidoscope. So if anybody is from Birmingham or comes through Birmingham, I don't like sours, but the Kaleidoscope is a sour and it is top notch i will drink that any day so i'll go ahead and open it and we can get started okay i'm not jealous at all um i'm drinking the second one of those uh <laughs> what what was it called dark and spooky dark, dark and, and spooky yeah dark and spooky yeah which is um if you if this episode is coming out after that one if you remember is a third a cup of rum so hey uh, cheers to that. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> All right, you're up so, first. I'm up first, and I am going to talk about not necessarily a train, but a train depot, and it is the Huntsville location. So Huntsville's Haunted Depot is located off of Church Street, and it's one of the oldest train depots in the state, built around 1860. The depot closed in 1968 and has been converted to a museum since then, but not everyone at the museum goes home after closing time. It's the um, night at the museum. (laughs) There you go. The depot is rumored to house several ghosts of Confederate soldiers, of course, because it's the South, and what would a ghost story be without Confederate soldiers? Who were held prisoner in the building during the Civil War when the Union forces occupied it. The spirits are said to be seen in both the second and third floors, and visitors of the museum have reported ghostly occurrences throughout the building. It's been said that a phantom train engineer has been seen and heard walking the platform out back, still trying to ensure the tracks have remained clear even after death. If if I die, the last thing I'm going to do is work. Keep doing my job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep maintaining these servers for you guys. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> There's even preserved graffiti that the soldiers apparently left on the wall from way back when that you can see if you go to the museum. Great. Um, I did find an article on rocketcitynow.com that just described the depot so well. So this is straight from that and it'll be linked in the show notes. But 
Listed on the National Register of Historic Places, the Huntsville Depot served as the local passenger house for the Memphis and Charleston Railroad. And I don't know if anybody remembers this from our way back when, Caverns episode, but that was, as I said, way back when, (laughs) um, the caverns that were in Huntsville were a hot spot, obviously, during the Prohibition. So Huntsville has been a hot spot for a lot of different things just because of the way that the railway is and it goes right through the town. So it makes perfect sense that this would be on historic places and it also makes sense that there'd be ghosts because I'm sure this was a main entry and exit point. However, the depot doesn't just have historical significance. There's also mention of paranormal activity taking place there. The Huntsville Depot is one of the most historical places in Huntsville and supposedly one of the most haunted. Mm. Although there are a lot of haunted places there except covered several already (laughs) the depot was built back in 1860 just before the civil war where it was very popular with both sides of the war as each wanted to gain access to it in 1862 huntsville was captured by union soldiers starting with the huntsville depot jack reeves author which i've covered them in previous episodes as well and co-founder of huntsville ghost walk said spirits from the civil war dwell at the depot as well as many others quote Now, the depot, in my opinion, has a lot of feeling because all of the people that have come through here from the Civil War to the Spanish-American War, World War I, World War II, all of the people that came through and left their feelings there, said Reeves. People who were going to visit their relatives in another town, going away to college, and some of that comes back, and some that came back in pine boxes, end quote. Most everyone can get a sen- get and sense eerie feelings that something may be lurking in the shadows at the Huntsville Depot. But Reeves said one medium who visited the depot actually saw the soldiers who roam its grounds. The medium came through here, said that he was approached by a ghost who was very anxious because he said, There's a fire in the vault. Help me put out the fire in the vault, said Reeves. But of course, there was no fire in the vault, and so the ghost was very frustrated. And he said, well, if you're not going to help me, then get out of my way so I can do it myself. (laughs) Okay. I mean, if you think it's there and they're not helping you, I get it. This guy guy sounds like he's super fun at parties. (laughs) Just like screaming about uh, emergencies that just aren't actually happening right now. No, no, no. Not the ghost. Reeves. Because when you were. Jacqueline, I think think okay because he was like people leave their feelings here it's full of feelings i was like what a hoot dude that's an impact (laughs) for you that's all i can tell you been there done that oddly enough this is not the only mention of otherworldly fire being seen at the depot on the third floor in the back side of the building there was a meeting here one night they were standing outside talking af- talking afterward and they said there was a ball of fire that came out of the window and landed on the ground and then dissipated, said Reeves. Oh, okay. Chill. Real chill. Some theorize that the ball of fire is called fox fire, and it's usually seen a lot of times around cemeteries. It travels quickly across the ground, Reeves continued. Usually, we think that it's energy, leftover energy, and especially in the third floor, where a number of soldiers were kept as prisoners of war. Theoretically, mm. hypothetically, allegedly, whatever. Sure. Every train has a conductor. And beyond the souls of soldiers that live here, the the souls of conductors are thought to live here too. Which, how much would that suck? 
Like, not even where you died. That's not even your final resting place. This is just where you worked and you just can't leave. Yeah. Like, talk about a never-ending contract. (sighs) And they're not even paying you at this point. Maybe that's a form of hell. That would be my form of hell. Oh, my God. I hate to know. Several people, including me, have seen the ghost of a conductor walking along the passenger platform. For a while, it was completely blocked off, so nobody had access from outside, said Reeves. You can only get there from inside, and the door was locked on the day on the day that I saw the ghost, and a number of people have seen that same ghost. Although the Huntsville Depot Museum is closed, which I think it's open now, the historic building still stands where you can, where you can too, feel something in the air, question mark. It's a shame that the depot is now closed to the public because of the historic nature of it, said Reeves, and I hope that someday it'll be open again for the public to come through. And when I looked it up, it's kind of hard to tell. I think it's open, like, maybe to tours. I don't think it's open all the time. But very historic building, so I think it's just... They're very picky about those historic buildings, and people are not always respectful of those sites. So I think... You have to like book tours and stuff like that. Yeah. But that's that's it. That's the historic Huntsville Depot that's supposedly haunted. I'm just I hate that he's continuing to have to work. I know after he's dead. It seems unfair. Um What did he do? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. He was rude to somebody one time. Like, okay, your punishment is a lot of money. (laughs) You gotta work. Make sure uh, this this track is clear. Don't let anybody die. Well, good job. Um, mine's not so lighthearted. Yeah, I know. So we swap places this time. <laughs> so, yay! <laughs> I have so, my ears. I'm good. So I'm going to tell you about the Boston Boston Bridge Ghost Train. Okay. This is in North Carolina. It's not Boston. It's Boston. Bostian, B-O-S-T-I-A-N. Okay. I know um, specific pronunciation you did. Yeah. Well, I got confused because I was like, Boston? This was in <laughs> North Carolina. Whatever. Um, so, anyway. Is it a description of the train? Is that like a specific type of train? Um, I don't remember. I think so. No, no, no. I think, yeah, I think so. I don't know. Uh, okay. Nobody knows. Um... You can look it up. Don't look it up because I don't want you to see the stuff. Okay. Well, fine. Don't tell me to do stuff and then tell me not to do it. Kelsey, look it oh. up. <laughs> That's not how that works. We, we got to have Kelsey on here. Uh, okay. On August 27th, 1891, at 2.30 in the morning, an overnight sleeper train, the steam locomotive number 166. And I just want to clarify uh, – some places it said number 166, and then other places it said number 9. So, uh, it could be either one. That's a big difference, but okay. Yeah. Uh, wide range. Um, it left Stateville, North Carolina. And just to let you know, like, there were dozen, there were like 20-something passengers on it, something like that. When it stopped over in Statesville, five more passengers got on. Um, just, just so you're aware. So it left Statesville, North Carolina. It pulled a six car train, a first and second class car, a tender, 
a baggage car, a Pullman sleeper, and a superintendent's private car. That has to be the shortest train I've ever heard of. Yeah. The train was on the Western North Carolina Railroad, known as the Richmond and Danville. So anytime later on in my notes where you see R&D, it doesn't mean research and development. It means Richmond and Danville. Oh, thanks. Uh, you're welcome. And took its passengers from Salisbury to Asheville, North Carolina. It was about 35 minutes behind its schedule, so the train engineer had them traveling at a healthy clip of 35 to 40 miles per hour, which is really fast for a train. Okay. Um, it feels fast for a train, whatever. Um, to catch up to its timetable. Within five minutes of leaving uh, Statesville, the train was coming up on the Boston... It's the bridge. That's what it is. Oh, okay. The Boston train bridge. A five-span bridge of brick and natural stone. It would carry the train over Third Creek, some 60 feet down, into a stream bed. And the, it's one of those bridges where it's got, like, the arches underneath it. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. The pageant... In the car- you see it in the cartoons all the time. Yeah. Yeah, you do. The passengers were all sleeping peacefully when suddenly all hell broke loose. Due to all... Due to unknown circumstances at the time, the train jumped the tracks and violently derailed. The wooden passenger cars splintered and burst apart as they crashed over 60 feet into the Third Creek stream bed below. Whoa. The speed the train had been going meant it was airborne when it left its tracks. The sleeper car flew 153 feet through the air before it landed in the creek bed. By some miracle... Not everybody, not everyone was instantly killed on board. Those who could manage it were forced to not only escape the carnage, but then walk back to Statesville Station for help. From all accounts, it is one of the biggest disasters to have happened in Statesville. Like, and they still talk about it. Wow. Um, While waiting for help from the authorities, the creek began to rise immediately because the the train wreckage was blocking the water. Unfortunately, some trapped survivors ended up drowning as the waters rose. So it's just like a domino effect. Disaster upon disaster. Yeah. There was no hospital in Statesville or in any nearby towns at the time, so the survivors were taken into people's private homes. A local, like you've said on the Spooky Rose, A local farmer's tobacco warehouse was used to keep the mangled corpses of the dead after they were pulled from the wreckage via search and rescue workers. In the end, 23 people were either killed in the wreck or drowned afterward. The site became a media circus as haunting pictures of the devastation. As always. Yeah. Uh, As haunting pictures of the devastation circulated in the local papers. Photographers like William Stimson and Mr. Van Ness and a Mr. Van Ness sold hundreds of photographs to people coming to see the wreck and watch the search and rescue proceedings. And if you look at the pictures from this wreck, it is like I'm sur- I'm I'm surprised anybody lived through that. Sixty feet in the air, and you get slung a hundred and fifty-three feet from that bridge down 60 feet like it oh woof yikes um 
almost a week after the and then worse if you live then you end up drowning yeah like this is the mo- most lackluster way for me to die in this situation considering i survived a train wreck literally yeah and not just an encounter with me <laughs> i'm so tired it's been such a long day <laughs> Almost a week after the accident, a coroner's inquiry officially determined the train derailed because some spikes holding the rails together had been stolen. What? Yeah. For what? Who knows? Okay. Here's here's the thing. They they say this. They they say that that's what happened. And I'll kind of get into it a little bit, but I don't know that that's 100%. Don't quote me on that. I don't know if the inquiry said it was, so we're going to go with that. Point being is I don't know if that was actually true. And I found out when I was looking into this, they had like railroad investigators at the time. Like that was a thing. Okay. It was weird. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It was um, it was a frequent use, uh, a frequent transportation. So yeah, I guess they probably yeah. had to keep a keep an eye on it a little bit more closely. Others speculated that the railroad and bridges whole infrastructure had been shoddy for a while, and this kind of disaster had been inevitable. At the time, the R and D railway experienced a shortage of finances, so they worked hard to find the culprits and stave off suits for damages. And this is why I say, eh, maybe. Or it could be a way for R&D to, you know, dissuade guilt mm-hmm. of any kind. Possibly. But that's not what the, inqu- the inqu- inquest said, so um, that's what we're going to go with. Don't see me. Um, it took several years, but the Boston Bridge, Boston train disaster was finally pinned on two men in 1897 the men were already in jail and they had confessed to the crime to their fellow inmates that's suspicious a little bit it's also real convenient yeah Um, i'm waiting for more information that's it that's all the information you're gonna get so oh 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 of course thanks you're welcome um, on the 50th anniversary of the accident in 1941, a couple's car broke down on the side of the road. The wife was waiting for her husband to return with a new tire. There was a train whistle in the distance, and she felt the rumble, rumbling of an oncoming train. The headlights swept through the trees, and she watched the old-fashioned steam locomotive head towards the Boston Bridge. The train jumped its tracks, and to her horror as it hit the bridge and crashed into the creek bed. This is 50 years on the exact day, anniversary that she saw this. Creepy. She could hear the splintering of the wooden cars, the passengers' screams, the crunching of metal. She ran to the embankment's edge and saw a twisted mass of wreckage being flooded by the waters of the third creek. She told her husband when he returned what she had seen and was about to send him for help, It was eerily silent when he ran to the side of the cliff where the creek ran below. There was nothing in the creek bed. He tried to play it off as a nightmare that she had fallen asleep while waiting for him, determined that she had seen something awful. 
They went to the Statesville train station and talked to the clerk at the window. When she asked about a train wreck, he told her that there had not been an accident that night, but it was pretty strange she was asking on the anniversary of the night of the 1891 disaster 50 years previous. She is me. Hang on. She is me. And uh, this is why. As he explained the story of the disaster, the woman screamed in terror and fainted. She'd realized she had seen a ghost train reliving its last moments. Oh my gosh. So dramatic. <laughs> it is you. I love her. <laughs> She's the best. Oh. <laughs> so she said it, I'm like, yeah, I get it now. On other anniversaries, people claim to have heard the screeching of the wheels trying to stop and the screams from the dune passengers. A ghostly figure of a uniformed railway employee who wears a gold watch showed up on the accident's first anniversary. It's believed to be the baggage master, Hugh K. Linster, who was found with a broken neck on the tracks. Yikes. Here's the deal, okay? Um, and this is not for you, Samantha. This is for anybody who's listening to this podcast. Anytime we cover anything, something that's haunted, abandoned buildings, etc. We tell you listeners to not under any circumstances to go to these places. And we do it for a reason. It's for your safety. These places aren't safe. They haven't been maintained or they're already a hazardous area. Having said all of that, this next part is serious and a pretty terrible tragedy. Legend says if you go to the site of the wreck on the anniversary at the same time the train wrecked, at the same time that the train wrecked, you can see the ghost train going off the bridge. On August 24th, 2010, on the 119th anniversary of the wreck, a group of about 12 ghost hunters went to the bridge in hopes of witnessing the ghost train. At 2.45 a.m., While three of the ghost hunters were illegally on the bridge, a train was making its way along the tracks at about 35 miles per hour. It was not a ghost train. It was a real train. Because that track is still active. Yes. A Norfolk Southern train came barreling down the bridge. Since it was around the accident, the time of the accident, those on the tracks were frozen, thinking it was a ghost train bearing down on them. Those few seconds it took to realize it was an authentic train aiming for them ended up costing them dearly. While two could escape with injuries, one 29-year-old man named Christopher Kayser was killed when he was hit by the train. A woman Kayser was trying to save fell about 12 feet from the bridge and rushed to the emergency room in Charlotte due to her extreme injuries. She did manage to survive the incident. But people still go on the anniversary every year to see if they can witness the ghost train. And that's that's my story. Well, way to end it on a, a high, note. high note. I know. <laughs> God. I really well, don't I mean, myself it's sometimes. a cautionary tale. That's something uh, about any of these, that there's always somebody who does something along those lines. And it's, it's 
always dangerous. Yes. And sometimes it can end disastrously. So that's why we never encourage any of our lovely listeners to ever visit any of these places. Yeah. No. Not without like permission, tour guide, safety, some kind of safety, something Advanced like that. Advance notice. Yeah. And no- like I'd love to see a ghost train, but also like there's something innately kind of like and no shade to anybody who's like a ghost hunter or anything like that. But there's something innately kind of like insidious about somebody wanting to go and watch the relived trauma and tragedy of an event such as that. Agreed. Like, I I think ghosts are cool and I think, you know, all of that stuff. But at the same time, if it's kind of like that repetitive traumatic event, I don't... I just don't think it's cool to go and watch that. It always pulls on my heartstrings whenever I hear about ghost stories where the ghost is crying or weeping or like it's a mother who lost her child and you just hear her weeping. Like it pulls on my heart because it's like that person, if this is really happening and this is a real ghost, that person is having to relive one of the worst times of their lives, obviously. Over and over Over and and over and over. I don't want to witness that because that's just going to make me fall on the ground and cry um when it's a situation like my previous ghost story where he's dancing a jig and freaking people out that's kind of funny um those i can i can kind of get behind i wouldn't mind going and seeing that but ones like this where it's a tragedy no yeah i I I can't really understand i wouldn't and honestly being like so empathetic i i feel like it would be too hard to even be there in that area because i feel like just from my experience i would feel that like yeah. energy there and i, I don't want to be a part of that and i don't know there's something there's also like something to the whole like if our spooky roads comes out before this um and you know like in my in my story where it was supposedly like a woman who was hit by a truck none of that's proven all of it's like made up lore legend or whatever um but something that actually happened that you can prove that happened and it was a tragedy. Don't minimize that tragedy. You know, yeah. it's, it seems wrong. There's a difference between crybaby bridge, which is in almost every single state in the nation and something like this, where it's yeah. an actual event that has news articles and everything. It's, it's yeah. been proven that it actually happened. And I do believe that there is a ghost train that, pulls up on the anniversary and things like that like i do believe in ghosts hands down always have always will um i don't ever want to see them but i believe that that energy has to go somewhere and like there's probably a ghost train that happens i don't want to see it i don't want to live that traumatic experience with those people and they're i don't need to see a train crash yeah good it would be like i don't know uh building a haphazard uh, submarine and trying to go to the graveyard of all the poor people that were left on I knew where you were a going luxury <laughs> ship or something. We had to bring it up at some point. Come on. Anyway. I reserve the right to remain silent. <laughs> you have that right, my friend. Oh, goodness. Well, they can't all be bangers and funnies, my friends. This is true. This is uh, very true. I've been too funny all day, and I just can't keep it's going. also true. I know. It's, it's late. You, you've, you've been amazing. <laughs> Kudos to you. you. 
I take Cheers. 100% in everything. Cheers. My drink is out. <laughs> now it's out. Now it's out. Well, happy Halloween. Uh, you guys aren't going to get this for like three weeks, but um, bye. The Reaper.